0: the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Hello and welcome back to the Practical Family Podcast. I'm Jen and we are talking about distraction today. Yes, this is episode 75, Winning the Battle Over Distraction with my guests, Amanda Bacon and Anne Renee Gumley. These two lovely ladies have co written a book together called Shiny Things Mothering on Purpose in a World of Distractions. This is for you, Mama, or really any woman who's attempted to do anything that matters in life and seems to be constantly pulled away by things that don't matter. I mean, think about it. How many times in your day do you get distracted by things and then look back and say, What in the world was I just doing? (laughs) Or why? Why couldn't I have just given my time here instead of here? You know, sometimes we really feel bullied by our schedules, by the list of things that we have to do and then get pulled away from. But, you know, a lot of these things happen in our brain, I think involuntarily. You know, we've kind of started living lifestyles, especially in this new technology age where. Stuff is so easily at our fingertips and we often value convenience over doing what's necessary. I mean, I face this every single day. In fact, as I was editing this episode, I finished editing and then I stopped and I go, you know, it'd be really nice right now. A bowl of cereal. Yes. A bowl of cereal in the middle of the day would be perfect. And so had me a bowl of cereal and um, conveniently forgot to come back to edit this episode, which is due to my producer in like 10 minutes. But you know, it happens to me too. I'm co- I am constantly feel like I, I'm, I say that I wanna do all these good things, but what ends up actually getting done is a result of me making choices, you know? We all have to face distractions in one form or, or another. And I love that in this interview, when I speak with Amanda and Anne Renee, they are two moms just like you and I, and they name the things that distract them and other things that we would not have expected. You know, sometimes we can be distracted by really good things, by like cleaning an organization. If that's something that distracts you from maybe actually spending quality time with your kids, then it's a distraction. But What we can do to overcome the little shiny things that take us away, that draw us away from the necessary, from the important, has everything to do with how honest we are with ourselves and how much we wanna change. And the Lord knows, you guys. The Lord knows what takes us away. The Lord knows what he's given us to do. And it doesn't necessarily fall into the category of a sin issue. It's just something to pay attention to, you know? That self-awareness is the first step to changing and becoming more efficient or doing the right thing or whatever it is that we need to be called back to. Just a little bit about our authors before we jump into the interview. Amanda Bacon lives in North Carolina with her husband, Jeremy, and their eight children. She works for Proverbs 31 Ministries and loves encouraging women with biblical truth and authenticity. When she isn't driving carpool or feeding people, you can find her writing, reading, or wandering outdoors. And then we have her co-author, Anne Renee Gumley, who lives all the way over in Alaska, and she and her husband, Andrew, with their two babies and a bunny. Her days are a messy mix of work, motherhood, and ministry, with time reserved for bike rides, breakfast foods, and bonfires. She loves words, especially the mom-related ones. And don't we all, mamas? Thank you for listening to the Practical Family Podcast today. This is episode 75, Winning the Battle Over Distraction, with Amanda Bacon and Anne Renee Gumley. All right, so today we're welcoming Amanda Bacon and Anne Renee Gumley to the Practical Family Podcast. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hi. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, so you guys are co-authors of this fabulous new book, Shiny Things, Mothering on Purpose in a World of Distractions. How did this project
1: come to be? Well, I think this has been a message that's been percolating for quite a while. Amanda and I have actually been blogging and doing podcast ministry since May of 2014. And Amanda had written a blog post about distraction, and it really it hit a chord with our Our mom audience, because we are distracted women pulled by so many things, and we're not just talking social media and technology here. There are so many things pulling at us, like physical people too, especially in those little years, and it started there from ministry, but we've also just had a passion for writing and I've done ministry for those mops moms out there, for mothers of preschoolers. We co-coordinated a group uh, for several years together. And that's what our hearts beat for is moms. And when we see that there's a problem, we wanted to answer that problem. And, and we were in the thick of it, too. So I think that's, that's kind of how it
2: started. Mm -hmm. And we wrote the book not because we were these experts that had it nailed. We wrote it because we ourselves needed it so much. And I think writing this kind of a book, we knew that it would take kind of the prying open of our hearts and we'd have to get real down and dirty, honest and vulnerable in the book. And that's what we did. And I think that helped us find a lot of freedom in this area too. And even as two people that have written and released a whole book on the topic of distraction as a mom... It's something we're going to wrestle with for the rest of our lives in our different seasons. And it's not like a cure, but it's helping us be super mindful of our habits and really mindful of where we want to be and what our priorities are. So it was written from a place of real need for us personally.
0: Mm, Right. Isn't that so true? And, And can I just say how brave and wonderful it is that you guys both took the step out to do that? Because so many of us are held back by that fear of, well, what if I say this and then somebody doesn't agree with it or somebody is waiting to hear from an expert who's figured it out and I'm not that person, you know? That is so not the culture we're living in. Everybody wants that authentic, no, where really are you? Because I can't relate to you if you don't have struggle. And I'm so glad that you've put out this book, Shiny Things. So what is, was the original intent behind calling it shiny things? And, and what message do you really want moms to first understand about themselves when it comes to distraction?
2: Well, to be honest, the book was not called Shiny Things from the beginning. We had a different name in our book proposal, just one that was kind of a placeholder, and it was The Undistracted Mom. And we knew that that wasn't the title. But we knew that that's where we wanted to get. And so it was kind of a marker. And that's how we built the message is we want to become moms who are undistracted. But that's not a book we would necessarily grab off the shelf. And so we began to brainstorm. And we had this doc on the computer that we would share. And we would just add all these title ideas. And one day I was sitting there and... Shiny things came to mind because Anne Renee and I kept talking about all the shiny things because that was part of our message is all the shiny things that pull at us and grab our attention and cause us to um, neglect what's really important to us. And it was like, well, duh shiny things. And so we proposed it to our publisher uh, about a month before the manuscript was due. And we were a little afraid as new authors, like, is that something we're allowed to do? Like, do we even have any clout or say? And we did, we pitched the title with some real solid subtitle ideas because with the title that's kind of nebulous, like shiny things, you have to have a descriptive subtitle. And so we ended up working with our publisher and landing on mothering on purpose in a world of distractions because we felt that explained it but the thing about shiny things is it's so perfectly you somebody looks at it and they go, Oh, it's all the shiny things. And so I think it's just I love the way it taps into words we really use in real life and it it just feels like a real draw um, because we we all know what shiny things means in our lives.
0: It really does. So let's talk about a few of those shiny things. What are the the types of things? I mean, of course we're gonna hit on things like technology, but what are some other things that you feel like are are distracting mothers
1: well like you're saying i I think it is so much bigger than technology and social media it's comparison it's fear it's worry it's greed it's um, procrastination all the things that get in the way and keep us from doing what we know we should be doing keeping our hearts and our eyes fixed on jesus who's the author and finisher of our faith and it's it's the things that matter, and our, it's all those things that pull us from what really matters. Where we choose the lesser over the lasting, and keeping our eyes fixed on Him is hard, especially in our day and age when your phone is dinging at you and our people are pulling at us, literally. Um, but it, we realized it just it was so much more than technology, and it's a mix of things. We're so curious as people. We want to see what everyone is doing and seeing and experiencing. But really, when you look at distraction, it's a heart matter. Like, It's such a heart issue. It's everything that keeps us from living a life of witness and that amazing reality of what Jesus is doing in our lives and loving our people with intention it can become our escape. And the more we looked at it, the more we realized what a big issue this really was and keeps us from following Christ, which of course, the enemy of our soul would love to keep us distracted, right? And not have healthy, godly families and urging our kids Godward. So when we look at it that way, and we look at it from a heart issue what is God doing in our lives? What is he leading us towards? And what are we allowing to get in the way? So it's, it's a pushing aside of one thing and then embracing something new. And, and we talk pretty um, openly about getting into God's word and the importance of prayer and communication with him. Because if we're not talking to the God of the universe, if we're not having these heart-to-heart conversations, we don't address the yuck of the heart. And um, that's not always very comfortable. And there's, there's certain parts of the book where there are very funny parts. And I talk about like how I made pancakes out of garlic hummus one time because I was so distracted and I was trying to do too many things at one time. But then we also talk about some really hard issues too of why we allow ourselves to be distracted. So it is, it's a pretty broad subject. Um, mm-hmm. But something that we felt like it needed to be broken apart into these pieces so that we could speak truth, not only to our own hearts, but to the hearts of moms.
2: You know, and we pulled um, some of our moms on our Masterpiece Mom. Um, We have a Facebook community called The Masterpiece Mom. And we pulled some of our moms there. And, you know, sometimes we look at distraction as only like negative things like, you know, we can all know that social media can get in the way or technology can get in the way. But some of their major distractions were really surprising to us. Um, one mom said her major distraction is organizing. And we were like, wow, we kind of wish we had that problem. But but That is what draws her away from her top priorities, which I find really telling. It really can be anything. It doesn't have to be things that have the stigma of being bad. Um, Another woman said that her biggest distraction is the desire to get outside when she's supposed to be doing other things. And I found that really interesting too, because I love to get outside, but I don't find it distracting. And so I think that we can just give each other a lot of grace because our distractions and shiny things are so, so different from each other.
1: Mm,
0: that's a very good point. I have heard both of those things from moms that I've spoken with as well, that, that the good things, I'm so glad that you addressed that because good things cannot necessarily be the God things, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you talk a lot about right time, right place. And mm-hmm. that is so true. Just this week, I was on um, another mom's Facebook page with her talking about, you know, is this the season? You know, are we over committing ourselves and our families? Are we so worried again, the worry, the fear about not giving our kids enough that we overschedule ourselves to do things. And then just the fun of of sitting and organizing and planning and not actually executing. It doesn't fall into line with what we say we want to do and what actually happens. So right. it has this gap that's in, in the middle. How did you see sort of a way out of that and talk to us about how moms can start to recognize what they're doing and how to release themselves from being overly busy and distracted even by good things.
2: One thing we talk about in the book is how easy it is to name our priorities. I think for most of us, we could list and name our priorities pretty quickly. We can go, yeah, sure. So like for me, for instance, for example, my priorities are God, number one, and my relationship with him and spending time with him. Next would be my husband and kids and then my ministry and my actual job. I have an actual job too. Um, And those are my priorities and relationships with people and family and all of that. I think most of us could list those pretty easily, but I think where we get really tripped up is keeping them in that order by the way we actually act. And I think we're really good at professing what we believe, but really the proof is in the pudding with how we act and actually um, behave. And so um, keeping them in that spot is really the major dilemma we talk about in the book. And I think that making choices that are good you know we, we ask the question like you alluded to we ask the question is right now the right time and that's one of our major questions in the book is this might be a really good thing but is right now the right time for it and I think constantly um Asking ourselves that question, not living in a startled, scared kind of manner all day long, but really as we begin something, you know, making sure it's aligning with what we really believe is most important to us. And if we say our kids are one of our top priorities, then we have to live that way. And we give a lot of examples in the book about how we can actually do that by giving them our attention, setting our distractions, whether it's a magazine in the moment, if we're supposed to be spending time with our kids or our devices or a cookbook, it could be anything. It could be painting our nails when we promise to sit on the floor and play cars with our little guy or something, you know, it could be really anything, but really just being right there in the moment because um, what we want most is waiting.
0: Ladies, let's talk about the aspect of choice here because we do have the options, you know, the the shiny things uh, insinuate that we get pulled by the things that kind of get our attention first, right? But there is a very real physical, chemical, biological reaction that happens in our brain that you talk about being the dopamine reward system. Now, let's not just say, okay, I need to start making better choices and I know I need to and then you know the guilt sets in and everything. But let's maybe help out those mamas who are very like factual and very no there's something in our brain that can, that we when we condition ourselves to go after the, the lesser things as you call them but the more attractive things instead of doing the the necessary things for now. What is that dopamine what is it doing in our brains?
1: Well, the the dopamine effect is all those right now pleasures, all those things that feel good in the moment. It's soothing. Uh, So that's why grabbing a magazine feels oh so good rather than making dinner. You know, who wants to wipe the faces of your children when you could be on Facebook scrolling through? (laughs) But I think the biggest thing that we can do here is, like Amanda was saying, asking and looking at what are the eternal ramifications like is what I'm doing right now making an eternal difference and not saying we need to over spiritualize things but just acknowledging that our time we have one life and that is a gift and the time with our people is a gift the callings that God has put on our hearts that's a gift and what are we gonna do with it so practically speaking maybe that means taking a Sabbath from technology Maybe that means once a week we set aside everything or it's family game night and so we put our phone in the other room so it's not dinging or we turn the ringer off or whatever is getting in the way from us being able to be intentional with our people. If we realize that we're struggling with comparison, maybe that means you get off social media for a little while or stop spending copious amounts of time with someone that just is not making your heart come alive in the way that it should through Jesus and just looking at those heart issues. I actually, I took the Facebook app off my phone. I have to do Facebook from my laptop, which means it takes a whole lot more time and a whole lot more like purposeful effort on my part. So I'm not just scrolling through and not saying that's what you have to do, but just to check your heart and say, what is bringing joy and what is fueling that? And what is God saying to me through this? And maybe it means that there are things, not saying all technology is bad, like I will hop on Instagram. That is my thing for beauty. I love beauty. And so I love seeing gorgeous pictures of nature. I love seeing families who are serving the Lord. Not saying that I follow things that are just fake and unauthentic, but looking for God's hand and what are those things being out in nature or looking at pictures or what feeds your soul in a way that is God honoring.
0: Absolutely. So some options then. So some practical options. Actually remove some of the apps from your phone. Pure and simple. <laughs> Get rid of whatever is distracting you. I like that. Make time. Uh, you said take a social media Sabbath. Pick a day. Pick a day to do that. Um, in the book, you, I know that you mentioned, maybe try scheduling yourself to only check social media at certain times of the day. What, what does that look like for you?
2: Yeah, so like, for instance, for me, uh, I have eight children and I have five that are in school. My five youngest are in elementary school and they're in public school. And my three oldest are teenagers and they homeschool. And so I've got kind of this wonky mix of, I've got some gone during the day, some home all evening, some home 24 seven. It's it's not like there's ever a time where I don't have any kids around. It's all the time, except for when I sleep. Thank goodness, um, <laughs> actually sleep with no kids in our bed. And, uh, but for me, it looks like, you know, when I pick up kids, the five youngest at two o'clock, my phone isn't anywhere to be found, um, for several hours because I leave it in my purse when I get home with them. But I have had full access to it, you know, um, after about 8am, I will get some other more important things done in the morning, get kids off to school, read the Bible, have some breakfast, have some coffee. And I don't pick up my phone, you know, at two o'clock I stick it away and then I sometimes forget about it. And it's one of the, my favorite parts of my life. Cause I'll remember oh, somebody could have called me. Somebody could have texted me. Somebody could have, or an alarm could have gone off and I didn't have any idea. And that's just fine with me. And I will go grab it out of my purse while I'm making dinner or something and go, oh, I just realized I did not have my phone with me. And that's been a newer thing because it used to be always tied to me. You know, and that's not saying you can't do that. That's just practically how in my life it's looked. And I've loved it because I'm able to give those kids that were gone all day some attention with their homework and um, some playtime, we usually go outside after that. And we've got dinner and things like that. But another thing for me is usually around 830 at night, I will once my a little while after my last young kid is in bed, I will plug that phone in for the night and turn it on silent. And I don't pick it up, you know, for another 12 hours or so. And for me, that's some freer time to talk with my teenagers who are up later. I don't plug it in on my nightstand. I plug it in on my desk across the room. And so I'm, I'm also not on it in bed. And so I'm reading books. And I've read, uh, started reading more books in the last year since I've been doing that. And I started reading novels again and I've read several novels this last year and I've been really enjoying myself. I've like, been liking myself more again. Sometimes, it, don't we just start to question as we're scrolling? I've literally said, what am I doing? Why am I still on here? This is going to be here. If I check in an hour or two or three or four hours, nothing's going to disappear on me. I could spend 30 minutes scrolling and catching up if I'm afraid I'm missing something, but I don't need to be rehashing everything. Over and over again, and I like, like Anne Renee said, I love the idea of taking a week off. I know a lot of people will take a Saturday or a Sunday completely off of um, technology or social media, and I love that idea. And for me, mine's just a practical little break every day at night. Plug it in across the room, and when my kids get home, there's a few hours where I'm not engaging with my phone, um, and I can hear it if it rings in my purse, but I don't, I don't really need it. And honestly, that's one reason why I bought an Apple Watch two years ago because I had read an article that somebody said that. They bought an Apple watch so they could know when a phone call was coming in and know when a text was coming in and they could see if it's immediate, not, immediate need or not. And if it was an immediate need, they'd go grab their phone. But if not, they could just kind of keep up and move on with life. And for me, I never wore a watch. And so I would pick up my phone for the clock and then I would get sucked in. And so the watch was my solution to not get sucked into my phone when I really wasn't meaning to be.
0: Mm, you know what? I did the same thing a few years ago. That's the exact reason why I got an Apple Watch, and it's amazing. I it. When I remember to charge my Apple Watch, it really mm-hmm. works. <laughs> yep. <another> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I try to wear it every day. I'm having I'm not wearing it right now because it's charging. But but yes, exactly, and it does work. I love that testimony, though. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that, Amanda, because because that is that is very real. It's very practical, and that is exactly what our audience needs to hear. They're here at Practical Family because. We're all about letting go of the unnecessary things to live practical lives, whether that's fitting your whole life into a small space or moving and being flexible to do different things or decluttering things so that you're not maintaining so much. You know, the practical life really makes space for the things that are important. And that's why I think this message is so relevant to our audience today. I want to touch real quick on homeschooling. (laughs) Uh, We have a lot of homeschool moms who follow practical family. And I know you said, you know, you have older homeschoolers, Amanda. What I'm finding for homeschool mothers specifically is because we have so much on us, especially with younger kids, homeschooling younger Mm -hmm. kids and having to be there for them and everything, that that distraction of the phone, we can excuse that a lot as I'm looking at new curriculum. I'm, I'm Googling videos for them to watch. I'm, you know, it's all, it's all a good thing. Like my phone or my tablet or my computer or whatever is the resource. You're probably listening to this right now on one of your devices and that's okay. But what I've come to find with other mamas is that we get so hooked into the good things of we can use this to teach our kids. And not accept the, the, the very simple things that we can do with our kids, like that face-to-face, like that lap time and reading. We don't need the next new curriculum if we haven't already set up a foundational, simple schedule for ourselves to follow mm-hmm. every day. You know, if we're right. if our schedule changes every day because we're chasing the next shiny thing or the next shiny activity or whatever. Can you talk to specifically mamas who may be homeschooling right now. Yeah,
2: of course. You know, I've been homeschooling nonstop for 13 years now. My oldest, uh, just graduated. So he's, I have two that have been fully homeschooled their whole K through 12 preschool through 12. And, um, when we lived in Alaska, I homeschooled all eight of our kids for 10 years. So, oh my word, I get it. I completely get it. I have homeschooled every single grade and um, had three in diapers at one time when I was doing it and and changed diapers for 15 years. So, um, I get it and I can understand um, technology has grown through my years of homeschooling. Uh, when my 18-year-old was little, you know, technology was more coming on the scene and DVDs were still kind of new and there was there's been a lot of change in technology, but what I would say, and this is the simplest advice I could give is to set timers for yourself to say, you know what, Hey, hon, you're going to work on math for 30 minutes right here. And I'm going to be on my computer and it's a little accountability. I'm going to be on my computer for 30 minutes and I'm going to be searching some fun things to do with you. So I'm going to set the microwave timer or my phone timer. And we're both going to stop when the timer goes off, you know, and, I use timers for everything because there's so much going on in my life that I literally forget everything. I had to set a timer for this interview. So I would remember to get on because there's so much going on. Um, but I would recommend timers and it sounds so simple. Um, but it's a way to keep um, track of what we're doing and what we actually wanted to be doing. Um, so if you're setting timers for things, um, it's not a militant way to live. It's just kind of a, it's, kind of a responsible way to live and you'll probably feel a whole lot better about yourself and also our kids are really good at keeping us accountable or you could save those searches for the early mornings or the late nights you know when you when when this is like the time I'm gonna do it instead of watching a Netflix show you're you're googling some fun read-alouds or some historical books you're gonna read or a new math curriculum or some videos to show the next day like like I get that life and I love that life um but it can be distracting. And sometimes we get an overload of information because we're not content and we just keep searching for the next best thing. And sometimes we just need to follow through and finish what we've started too.
0: Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) That was probably the biggest takeaway that I had after my first year of homeschooling. And, um, it, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's saved me, and I tend to think of myself as a as an organized person. Somewhat, I mean, when it comes to certain areas, and then I meet other moms who are like, "Oh, I'm so not organized," and da da da. But but it, you don't have to be a certain kind of personality or temperament to mm-hmm. to give yourself healthy boundaries, yeah. and um, and we can learn. We can learn new skills to be able to do that. And these boundaries for ourselves and our kids are not. Restrictive. I mean, it, it will feel like that because we'll have like a visceral response to being told no. You can't do well, what you want when you want yourself what, do you what to do. <laughs> yeah, like what do you mean? I'm an adult. I can I can choose my own things now. That's the freedom of being an adult. But right. there is absolute freedom in the timer <laughs> situation. Uh-huh. Giving yourself those things. Yeah, it saves me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Well, one last piece of encouragement. Then I'd love for you guys to share. Um, what, what encouragement do you have for moms who are in the middle of this struggle and don't really know where to start to reset their priorities? What can maybe they start doing first?
1: I would say just take it to the feet of Jesus and ask him to guide you in where you're putting your time and your efforts. What are some of those healthy habits that you could establish or whatever your vice is for avoiding what you know you should be doing? And like Amanda said, get an accountability partner. There is such beauty and freedom in being able to be that iron that sharpens iron and keeping each other accountable. So a good friend will see when you're trying to justify why your distraction should be ongoing, And they'll speak truth into that. But having it all come back to the Lord and our relationship with him and just asking him to help us identify what is pulling at us in terms of distraction. And then how do we resist that pull? And how can we keep our eyes fixed on him? I think being in the word and making prayer a priority is probably the best place we can begin our day and spend our time and realign our hearts with him. And he's so good about revealing those things that are important and helping us realign our priorities. And listing them out is one thing. And like Amanda said, living them out is an entirely different thing. And we need his help. We know as busy, crazy mamas um, with full schedules that we desperately need is help to keep our eyes where they should be.
0: You've been listening to Episode 75 of the Practical Family Podcast, Winning the Battle Over Distraction, with authors Amanda Bacon and Anne Renee Gumley. Pick up their book, Shiny Things from the link in our show notes. You can get it on Amazon or wherever Christian books are sold. Pick that up today, or maybe even as a gift, maybe as a Christmas gift for a few of your favorite moms. Or this could be a great book to do a Bible study together on, or a life group. I love the chance to get together with other friends and to use resources that are so relevant for today and for every day. Here at Practical Family, we are working toward helping moms to find simple solutions to everyday problems and to build strong families. And this book is just one of those simple things to look at for your life to start changing habits now and, you know, just turn things around slowly but surely. It's not an easy thing to change our habits and lifestyles, but with one little piece of encouragement at a time. And one reminder at a time, I love the idea of even setting timers, you know. I set timers for myself and it's actually helps me to focus more on, on my work and my writing and my tasks at hand. So consider some of those things for your own life today. While you're here listening to the Practical Family Podcast, when we end, will you do me a favor go to iTunes and rate this podcast for me. Maybe you've thought about it before. Maybe you've been listening for a while, but never quite get over to the rating thing. This is me asking you specifically to rate the podcast because the more ratings we have, it helps us to get out there to other families and to be recommended by the iTunes audience. So every rating matters and your input is so valuable to me here at Practical Family. Thanks again and jump on our email list to find out about new content coming up and even get the heads up early on special discounts and deals and giveaways that we do. Visit practicalfamily.org, scroll down and join the community. It's a pleasure to be able to serve you here over the sound waves. This has been Jennifer Bryant and thank you for tuning in to the Practical Family Podcast where we are helping families like yours to build strong foundations and healthy homes.